Ta-da. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the one and only Dual Threat Podcast. Well, kind of one and only. There are other ones, but we're the number one Dual Threat Podcast. So take that, other guys. Uh, Scooter, why don't we just start off with a bang this week before we dive into the NFL and recap what happened last week? Why don't you give us the crumble lineup this week? There's some special stuff going on there. Um, yes, there is, because we launched a new product for the first time, the Cinnamon Square. So if you are a cinnamon roll lover, um, you need to try it. It's not exactly a cinnamon roll, but it's our take on a cinnamon roll. And uh, I'll just say I've already had two whole cinnamon squares this week. So they're pretty dang good. Um, it's a banger of a week as well. If you like cannolis, I don't know if we have any cannoli fans out there, but we have that one. It's very good. um strawberry crumb cakes very good so you gotta get out gotta get out and um give it a try because cinnamon square the nation's buzzing cinnamon squares the boys are buzzing what's the calorie intake on that cinnamon square i think it's just uh i think it's just a measly like a hundred dollars or a hundred calories <laughs> hundred calories per bite a measly hundred dollars per bite yep, yep. Yep, that's a hundred calories per bite. I think is what, um, what we're batting at. It's about the same as a regular cookie. Okay, because I I need to get to my ten thousand calories a day, oh, and you do. that could help me get there. So yeah, so you just need. I think you just need two of them, and then you'll be And right I'm good. there. <laughs> okay, good. I I'm I'm glad I can know where to get my ten thousand calories. So, yep, um, five for one. what 5k cows in each oh could you imagine that would be so good if it had that many calories it would have to be so delicious a cost per calorie people out there have you know you know those people that are like obsessed with like cost per calories that are like certain restaurants that they're like they have to go to those because the cost per calories is so much better yeah crumble great cost per calorie incredible I've never heard of a cost per calorie person. That's hilarious. Yeah, off for calorie influencers. They're out there. Well, maybe maybe I need to get on that. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, good. Great crumble lineup this week. That's a hot start. Uh, why don't we talk about what happened last week, Scooter, in the divisional round? Um, first off, mm. I want to know, did you think Baker Mayfield actually had a shot? <laughs> i'm not lying to you when i say that i thought he did i there was a time in the third quarter where the the lions had just punted um and the bucks i think were within a touchdown and then i pretty much think i think the bucks had a three and out or maybe like they got like one first down and that's where kind of the hope dwindled and then they reeled me, he reeled me back in for the last drive so i was like i've seen it before with baker i remember i still remember visibly that that thursday night football game where he came back for the rams and i know it was against like i can't even remember who it was against it was against a terrible team but like at the end of the day i i figured the lions defense is is terrible in the secondary and the bucks if anything they have a strength in the um offensive passing game so he he i don't even think he bamboozled me because i don't think he really played that poorly 
it wasn't a great last interception that he threw, but I did think there was a chance. Um, you know who Baker Mayfield came back to beat? And and the score of this game was 17 to 16, Scooter. So it wasn't like a great game by May Baker Mayfield on that Thursday night. That was the Raiders, the last year Raiders, when their coach was fired, they had all this stuff going on. Yeah. So maybe not a great referencing point, but I just, that was Oh, their no, no, no. Wait, it wasn't the, that was two years ago, Raiders. It was last year's Raiders where Josh McDaniels was leading the team and Derek Carr wasn't playing well. Devontae Adams. So I guess better than two years ago, Raiders. But but still, I mean, yeah, Barley wasn't a great thing to draw back on. But I was like, I've I've seen him, I've seen him go the length of the field. It wasn't the playoffs. Um I also don't think he played that poorly. Like, if anything, it's not like I don't think he's the reason the Bucks lost. I think the Lions were just a better team. Yeah. At the end of the day. I I agree with you. I know we had a little text conversation going with Bahama Breezy about Yeah. Baker Mayfield. You guys were dropping your jaws over Baker Mayfield on there. And I don't know why, but the whole time I just kept thinking to myself, I've never seen like Baker perform in the biggest moment Out, Yeah. outside of like college football. When it's come to the NFL, it's always seemed like he's kind of tried. I don't want to say tried a little too hard because you want to try hard, but like always tried to force the issue just a little bit too much. And And it's never really worked out for him. Yeah, the the interception to to CJ Gardner Johnson was tough. I I didn't like seeing that because CJ Gardner Johnson got uh his his he backed up his talk and preview this week but he and Debo Samuel have had beef um earlier this season as well he called Debo Samuel a running back who can't catch so um we'll see we'll see what happens with that matchup but I didn't really like him being vindicated I I do I do think it'll be interesting where the Bucks go from here with Baker Mayfield Don't okay, CJ Gardner Johnson. Don't you think it was hilarious? He flipped the ball to Baker Mayfield, though. Yeah, that was disrespectful. Yeah, that was that was disrespectful for sure. It was it was well played by him. I, I, hilarious to me. I don't Yeah. have any other words, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Bucks really do retain uh, Baker Mayfield and even where they go going forward because Mike Evans is getting a little bit older. Uh, He's their not defense. on contract either. He's a free agent too. Yeah. And, and there's someone else who's a free agent for them. Can't remember right now, but those are the two main guys that are free agents potentially have to pay big bucks to those guys to just retain them and keep them around. Yep. Huh? Yep, sure. Okay. Well, that's how I wanted to start. Do you want to talk about any of the other games? What was the most exciting game for you over the weekend or? Well, I, outside of my personal bias of, of my heart rate being about um, 1 million beats per second um, during the 49ers game, the, the Bills-Chiefs game from a neutral perspective definitely was the most exciting just because it felt like um, it was just – back and forth at, at every single situation of the game. Um, unfortunately, ended in a very like lame way, but the game itself was very just honestly all over the place. Not even Tony Romo um, just slobbering all over Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes could ruin the game for me. So it was very, it was a very exciting game. I, I agree as like a neutral fan of all those games, 
like that Bills Chiefs game. And if Josh Allen would have completed that touchdown, it could have made for like an all time game. Yeah, an all time game because Patrick Mahomes would have had the opportunity to drive down the field with a minute and 13 seconds or whatever was left on the clock. Yeah, and then we instead got yeah Isaiah Pacheco running out the clock, which wasn't as exciting as the uh, the twenty twenty one. It was that the AFC Championship game or was that the divisional? It was the divisional round. Divisional round or the game earlier this year where we had the Travis Kelsey lateral that ended up being called back. Like that was awesome too. Yeah, it's true. It, it, Chiefs Bills it lives up to the hype almost every single time. It's pretty crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Good game. That was a Which, great game. Is it like is it a closed case that that is the the Manning Brady of this era? Um, I... because it really does feel like Josh Allen is. It's funny because they play nothing alike, but it's a lot like Peyton Manning who could just never get over the hump versus Brady in the playoffs for the longest time, and it was always just like, when are the Colts going to do it? They're not, they they can't ever figure it out. They can't they can't beat Brady. Um, and then it's funny because Joe Burrow is kind of like the Big Ben of the situation where Big Ben, where Joe, where Big Ben beat Brady a couple times or, and and made it to the Super Bowl a couple times. So they, it's really weird how like history is repeating itself a little bit with those three quarterbacks in the AFC. Which that's crazy because I would say like in the sit like the situationally, yes, Josh Allen is Peyton Manning to Tom Brady. But in terms of play style, I definitely see more Joe Burrow as being Peyton Manning like and yeah. Josh Allen being Big Ben like just like this. Yes. A, a little more freaky athlete than Big yeah. Ben. No, no, come on. <laughs> a little less walking boot. Than... <laughs> he doesn't wear a walking boot every every day. But um Yeah, Mahomes and Brady, the athleticism, the parallels there is just too yeah. close. Yeah. And, and, you know, the good lookingness, uh, yeah, they're just so good at parallels. Yeah. Big Ben Ben and no big Ben and Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) (laughs) Too many parallels all over the place, man. Um, I, I had a thought this weekend and I, I kind of proved myself wrong as I thought about it over the weekend. But I was wondering, are more NFC teams in domes than AFC teams? But when I thought about it more, I just feel like more of the really good AFC teams are outdoor teams and the sucky ones are kind of in domes. Like the Texans are the outlier this year. Yeah. Uh, But from the NFC side, I would say it feels like a lot of the good teams play in domes. Detroit. Cowboys, uh, Cardinals, Vikings. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of uh, Saints. Other teams that play in domes. Falcons. Let's just do a quick Google search here because you got my mind on a, on a swivel. But doesn't that, when I was thinking about it, my mind was just like, it feels like there's more NFC teams that play in domes. Okay, so there's 11 teams that play in a dome currently. Um, let's see. So Cowboys, Falcons, Cardinals, Detroit. So those are all the NFC. Um, is there only four in the NFC? I, I have a related question for you, unless um, 
there's somewhere else you wanted to go with that. No, I was just thinking like maybe the Dolphins would be better in the NFC, but I don't know. That was that was literally like my whole thought Oh, process behind it. maybe the Dolphins would be better in the NFC. I, I, I have a take about it that why, why if we play the most important NFL game in a dome where weather doesn't matter, why does weather play such a factor in the playoffs to where it can completely change the, the outcome of a game? I it really it's completely unrelated. It has nothing to do with my quarterback personally not being able to throw in the rain whatsoever. Like that's not even a, a, that's not even part of this at all. It's just, it's just totally a random musing. Um, You're starting I to don't sound get. like Kurt Warner. <laughs> I know, I know that's Kurt Warner's take. And what's funny is I agreed with it. I I didn't agree with it last year because I'm like the weather's part of the game. It's part of the situation. But then I started to think about it. I'm like the more the most important game every single year is played where like the conditions are perfect. We we remove all of that aspect of like from the game itself. So why it's also not even an advantage to the home team a lot of times to where we've seen like with the Packers a couple of years ago, like they play in just absolutely freezing cold temperatures. And the 49ers, as like the sixth seed, still come there and, and beat them. Um, yeah, coming off a bye. So I don't know. Like you can make the case that like it helps teams in some situations, but I also think it's a, a, a detriment in certain scenarios too. I'm I just like I don't know why you would never just always play football in a dome. I think the teams that it benefits from my perspective are like the insanely great top of the tier quarterbacks. Like if you have Mahomes out there, I still expect him to go and win. If it's a blizzard, if it's Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, like I still expect those guys to go and win when it's Yeah. like really bad weather. Yeah. So No, I, that's true. I, I think for Buffalo right now, it's beneficial, but for like 20 years before that Buffalo sucked. Like, Yeah. I and I don't even know if it's beneficial because they haven't been able to get over the hump, even with the weather advantage. They've played games in in ridiculously cold temperatures and like I guess it benefits you when you play the Dolphins, but like it hasn't benefited when they've played the Chiefs or the the Bengals because they also they also are playing accustomed. cold weather Yeah, so yeah I don't know, and it's not even just the weather as much as it's like the variance of like the snow and for the Forty ers like that would have been disastrous if they lost that game because their defense kept slipping all over the field. And Brock Purdy's miniature hands can't hold a freaking football. Like, yeah if I'm Jed York, as a 49ers owner, I'm building a cover over my stadium tomorrow. Or calling Tom Brady. That guy's got big hands. Well, yeah, we can all, we can talk about that because apparently <laughs> Tom Brady did get called before the season. So, uh, well, no, I don't think he got called, right? It was if he came out of retirement, Brock yeah. Purdy would sit at the bench. Yeah, which is what what led to uh, a MVP candidacy season from Brock Yeah. Purdy. All Yeah. the fire started right there. That Um, was it. anyway, that's probably enough about domes, but uh.
yeah, I I honestly still I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hold strong for a while on the fact that I think every team should play in a dome in the playoffs, but just me. Yeah. You and no, not just you, you and Kurt Warner. Don't Kurt you Warner, worry. Warner, that's soft that's softies. Yeah, uh, you softies. Yeah. Um, what if, oh go ahead, go ahead. You take it away. Nope, you off to you. I was so the next question we have on here is which team has the most to build off of after their loss? So there's four teams yeah. that lost this last week, Texans, Packers, Bucks, and Bills. Which team do you feel like has the most to build off of? Um, I want to hear your answer first. It, I think it's tight, right? Like, yeah, it's pretty it's, much between two teams. Yeah. The Bucks and the Bills, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the first we can play. Um, I I preferably would be in the spot of the Texans over the Packers, mm. um, just because C.J. Stroud has his full rookie contract left to go, and yes. I feel like I do believe C.J. Stroud is a potential top five player, like top five quarterback in this league. Where Jordan yeah. Love shows flashes of that, but it's a little bit more Brett Favre style, where it's like, oh, he'll have like two really huge games and then like three really bad games. Yeah. You didn't get to see it. Um, I mean, I think the last half of the season, he was a lot more consistent, but he was not as consistent throughout the season as CJ Stroud was. And I do think um, with Stroud, he obviously like lost his main target, which I don't know. Do, do, do we want to give, does Jordan Love des- deserve the credit for like the emergence of all these young wide receivers, or is it the other way around that a lot of these young re- wide receivers have been just super? Because it is pretty, it is pretty surprising. Like all these, they came into the season, it was basically like, who the heck is going to catch balls for the Packers? And then all of them had like breakout games throughout the season. I I want to give credit to Lafleur. I think Lafleur yeah. proved that he's like an, an offensive genius, in my personal opinion. Yeah, I think he definitely – I think a lot of people kind of just thought, oh, the guy just is freaking Aaron Rodgers, just like whipping boy and doesn't actually know what he's doing. This was like – he he should be in the running for coach of the year and definitely proved he's one of like the, the top five coaches in the NFL. I, yeah. I 100% agree with that. And to the, the um, rejoicing of many Packers fans, they fired their defensive coordinator finally after all these years. Joe Brady's gone. The bad man is gone. And Shabam will be um, sad. Holding, no, he'll be hollering in the streets until until uh, the, the beginning of next season, at least. So, uh, um, yeah, I'm probably right there with you. I, I do. I think both teams are in really good spots, but I would give the lean to the Texans as well, just because of the rookie contract thing. It's crazy that the Packers aren't even going to be able to take advantage of it. Um, Like Jordan loves probably in a better situation, but they don't get to, um, they don't really have a ton of huge guys on their, their payroll right now that I can think of. Like I know Jair Alexander and Kenny Clark probably have bigger contracts, but there's no, and Aaron Jones somewhat, but there aren't really many guys. They're the youngest team in the NFL by far so you could i'll go packers i'll go packers for the sake of the discussion okay i like it i like it okay on and on the flip side who's the team that has like the most difficult uh road to come back from yeah uh i'm going to go with the bucks 
<laughs> Me too. Uh, because okay, I thought I I mean I Bills are right there too because it's like what what what's what's the roadmap? At least they still have Josh Allen though. At the end of the day, like they can yeah. The Bucks, yeah. What do they do in terms of? Do you just give another chance to Baker? I think a lot of Baker's performance had to do with him being in a contract year. They also, we'll talk about it in a second, but they just lost their offensive coordinator. Um, I, tr- the only thing that they have to build off of is the fact that the the NFC South is going to be dog shiz again next year, probably too. Yeah, and and we both agreed it's the Buccaneers. So why don't we just talk about what's going on in the NFC South right now? Because yeah, let's do it. There have been there have been a couple of coaching hires, and I am shocked by some of the names that have been hired. Um, yeah. The Carolina Panthers head coach, uh, Dave Canales. Yeah. He he was the Buccaneers' offensive coordinator. So set the world on set the world on fire, dude. Set the world on fire with that eight and nine team or nine and eight team that didn't <laughs> that scored nine points against the Panthers. <laughs> to the divisional round. That's what they. That's what they saw. So here's here's my theory, and I think I saw this floating around somewhere. I think the Panthers saw what that guy did, what Dave Canales did with Baker Mayfield, and they're like, we've seen Baker Mayfield in house. There's no way like we got to we got to figure out how to get that guy here because we saw Baker Mayfield our first hand and he was not the same guy. So I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll find some way to squeeze more magic out of Dave Canales. But I'm going to be very honest right now. I didn't even know who Dave Canales was before they shot him in the divisional round. I thought it was I thought but you could have told me Byron Leftwich was still the offensive coordinator for the Bucks and I wouldn't have blinked an eye. I, I would have been like, yeah. Duh, he's been there since Brady. Yeah. Uh, so, well, you shouldn't. Do you know where Dave Canales was before this? Don't tell me before the Bucks? Nope, it's not San Francisco. I, I, you could give me 31 guesses and I'd get it wrong still. He was basically the coach, the quarterback's coach, I'm pretty sure, when Geno Smith had that uh, big year two years ago. Oh, in Seattle. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's why his name sounds familiar. Yeah. So I think they're just kind of hoping that he's the type of guy that can revive quarterbacks, but I think he just got like just got lucky. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. They he's got his work cut out for him. I the Panthers are still it's crazy. They're coming off having the number one overall pick and they're still far and away the worst situation in the NFL to coach. Um, I, I have a question for you. Uh, because this is this has been on my mind as a Patriots fan, and I don't know where I lean because I I, I kind of have some biases. Do the Panthers have the worst like uh, uh positional players on offense in the oh, league? Yeah. Oh yeah, they they have outside of Christian McCaffrey for almost five years. Now. Well. No, no, I'm saying like currently, do they have the worst like supporting cast for Bryce Young? Like the Patriots at least had like Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Like I can to be fair, I can name more dudes on the, the Patriots than I can on the Panthers. Adam Thielen's your number one receiver, and he's like 34 years old. 
he balled out though. I mean, yeah, they've got a uh, they've got DJ. They have DJ Shark again. Yep, I think they uh, have DJ Shark. Yeah, and they've got um Terrence Marshall. Yeah, which he hasn't done anything, and they they've got Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, and Miles did. Sanders. They brought in Hayden Hirsch, thinking that was going to be like a, a security blanket for Bryce Young. They they it's it's really bad because they don't have their first round pick. Either so like where do they even get talent at at all? It's they better gonna, trade up. It's gonna be kind of a yeah, they should, it worked so well for them last year. <laughs> <laughs> they should trade with the Bears again. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Oh um okay. So yeah, there's that it, hiring. They're they're in the discussion. They're 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 top two at least. Okay. Um, yeah, let's talk about the next hiring. Um, we'll bury I, I, the, the no. Big, let's stay in. Let's oh. stay in the NFC South. Let's finish yeah. with the big guy. Okay, Raheem Morris to the Falcons. Okay, yeah. Um, kind of came honest, out of left field to me. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. He he wasn't even in like the um the candidate like that I'd seen, and I and I've been very tuned in to like the Rams fans perspective and their opinions of Raheem Morris they hated Raheem Morris up to this year they thought everything that was wrong with the Rams was always on Raheem Morris like all of the times the 49ers just killed them it was because Raheem Morris didn't know how to to, to stop Kyle Shannon or stop the 49ers even Jimmy G Raheem Morris did a great job this year there there were high school players playing on his defense surrounding Aaron Donald this year and they like they didn't they weren't the worst defense in the league. Like that personnel that they had was awful. And so he credit to him. He's got his work cut out for him too. But as long as he just get like it can be kind of a similar D'Amico Ryan. I think that's kind of what they're hoping for is like a, a D'Amico Ryan's type of situation where if they get a quarterback and then just get an offensive coordinator with them, like they'll be good. I guess. Yeah. Uh my my only thought on this is do you remember who took over for the Falcons when Dan Quinn was fired? Wasn't it? Why is the only name that's coming to mind? Mike Smith. Was it Raheem Morris? It was Raheem Morris. Okay. Raheem Morris went like four and nine as their interim head coach. Yeah. The year I... after they won the Super Bowl or lost the Super Bowl. Oh, the two pay- years after? Yeah. I think it was two years after. Matt okay. Ryan was totally cooked at that point. Yeah, but they um, had a chance to sign him then to be their head coach, and they said, no, we want Arthur Smith. You're right. Okay, that is a wild hire then. So you're coming back three years later and saying, that guy that we went four and Let nine go. with, we think he's the guy. <laughs> I get It's tough because he he like it's not like he had the, the power to build the team in the first place. Was he the DC there? At the yeah. time, he was the DC okay. there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, when you have the chance to get Bill Belichick or Raheem Morris, you got to get Raheem Morris, right? Just one of the greatest defensive minds out there right now. Yeah. I still don't hate the hire as much as I hate this one and the next one we have to talk about. Okay. Talk about, talk about this one. All right. The AFC South will move on. The, the, the South. Of the NFL is just 
it's it's bleak. It's very bleak. Um, the the Titans they move on from um, Mike Vrabel, and I've never heard this name in my life. Hey, I, I, I Ryan Callahan. Yeah, I, I I've heard of him. Do I think he okay. does anything? I don't know, but I've yeah. heard of him. Yeah, and he might he might prove me wrong. It's not like I know every head coaching candidate out there, but everything I've read on him um, today, because I didn't know who he was before today, was that he was supposedly the Bengals' offensive coordinator, but they didn't actually know because he wasn't really calling plays, and he didn't really have a clear defined role, which was kind of the same thing with Mike McDaniel um, when he was with the 49ers. But it's not like Zach Taylor has heralded as like some sort of offensive genius like Kyle Shanahan is that he was underneath. I mean, you loved him. You had it I, all out for Zach had, Taylor a few years ago. Like I said, I had the most neutral perspective of Zach Taylor that exists on the planet. That's Zach Taylor is a product of Joe Burrow. But um, yeah, Brian Callahan, you, I, I'll, I'll have forgotten his name. Um by september 2024 yeah uh i will probably forget his name by december 24th 2024 i think we all will at that point i think he'll probably be fired pretty dang quick unless i don't know something happens the crazy thing hagan is we we were talking about this is like this is like one of the most popping head coaching markets we've ever seen and there's still some Big big fishes out there. Ron Rivera, Pete Carroll. None of them are getting picked up. None of them are getting plucked. They're, we're just we're just hiring guys that we didn't even know existed. Well, everything everything's everybody's saying is there's a lot of great defensive head coaches out there right now. Where the league's shifting towards offense, so everyone's like, we just got to get the next big offensive coordinator. We got to get Slowick. We got to get. Well, I guess no one's even picked up Slowick yet. Got to get Canales. We got to get Callahan. So I, I think just the way the, the league is shifting, these owners are trying to get out ahead of it and bring in these OCs. You know, yeah. Raheem Morris wasn't like a quarterback's coach or wide receiver's coach or something for a little bit too. Yeah. So I guess he's got both sides. That's true. Um, let's talk about the, the main one. Let's let's just I hear your thoughts. What are your, What are the main thoughts from your perspective? Yeah, so Pete Carroll signed with the Chargers, as we all expected. Um, we need Pete Carroll on the staff. Harbaugh and Carroll working together. Oh, that would be incredible. Uh, yeah, Harbaugh signing to the Chargers was kind of, it felt like the only place he should go in the NFL if he took a job to me. Um, it'll be interesting to see. He's He's got his ideals and... LA's kind of like a chill town. We'll see how it goes for him. I don't know. I, I'm still up in the it's, air about it. It's very Mick Cronin to UCLA to me with, with LA where it's like the guy does not fit whatsoever within LA, but maybe like Chargers not having an identity. The Chargers still don't even really feel like LA in a lot of ways. Um so I don't I don't really know. I I, I like we we had predicted it, but it still feels very weird. Also, to me, it's just like Harbaugh is such a good fit as a college coach. Like him being so weird and having such like a like 
motivational rah rah aspect to him it just didn't ever make sense for me for him to go back i mean he was he was successful in the nfl but it's like the guy climbed to the absolute peak of college football at his alma mater and then said i want to go to the most like dysfunctional franchise in the entire nfl like what is the nfl and it wasn't that much more money was it I don't think so. I think Michigan was actually offering to re-sign him at the highest college pay as the highest college paid coach, which probably would have been more money. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just it just truly is shocking to me because like you would have thought Harbaugh would have wanted to stay there forever, like how much he cared about Michigan. I also heard that he got a clause in his contract that said he didn't he's not allowed to or he's not allowed to be talked talked to about cheating. Or something like that. Or like you can't blame him for cheating or something like that if that happens. So I might be wrong about that. But regardless, weird hire, but at the end of the day, happy he's back in the NFL because it just will lead to more content. And you know what? Let's uh let's start talking to the most important man in the room right now. And that's none of our coach. Yes, our the most important coach that's been hired. Um that we know of, right? That I can. He's been of. hired to bring up to come onto the podcast to tell us his scoop. We we need everything we can get out of this coach because he's the best coach we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> so let's welcome my dad to the show. Welcome. You're wearing the the best hat in the world right there. I love it. it yeah, I had to get ready, right? Yes, he's ready. He's geared up, and we wanted to have you on the show. I know we've we've obviously talked a lot about you, um, but as the most if there's any NFC West NFC West expert, it's got to be him because he has the most NFC West um, experience of any of us. So we're happy to have you on. Um, I wanted to start. Uh, wait, wait, wait! I'll just say that you probably have the wrong parent on, considering <laughs> that that your mom was the was the one who almost canceled our flights to Hawaii just because it was because I made the boneheaded mistake of, of <laughs> scheduling our flight during the championship game. And um, she wanted to, she, she was talking about going a day later, not going at all, just so she could watch the game. So you have the, you, you, you miss getting the most uh, avid fan there. Yeah. It's true. It's true. And we'll, we will have to have, her on to probably just to because we do need as much um as much passion as possible because we we watched the game together this last week and there was there was some there was a lot of emotions flying around as all we'll there say. were a lot of emotions yeah. yeah for good reason for good reason it was warranted yep um let's start right here let's start with um i wanted to ask dad what your favorite sports related memory was that you can think of like the first one that jumps out to you um like what either what got you into sports i don't know if it was the 49ers in the first place i probably should know this but for some reason i didn't uh what got us in, me into sports well i guess my my dad and mom were always watching sports so we just grew up around it and and um just we're tradition. always always watching so my i don't know my favorite sports moment um 
may have been uh, attending. Was it the, was it the Zach ahead. Wilson throw at the practice facility, Coach? Was that your favorite sports <laughs> moment? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we were there. We were there at his pro day. Um, yeah, my favorite sports moment may have been, uh, well, I've had a lot of them, obviously, but um, um, including a bunch of with Kansas basketball, but one one with BYU football when we went to the Holiday Bowl one year with against Michigan and they won and that was when they won the national championship. So that was that yeah. was uh, that was a fun, fun experience. But I, I, I mean, I can remember listening to games on the radio because didn't watch the tv the games weren't on tv all the time you know in the past so i, I we listened yeah. to um countless games on the radio or whatever f- with baseball with you know football um, yeah. basketball those kind of things so was the holiday bowl not on tv uh it probably was but i was i was there for that yeah. so but i mean but, but i mean when i was younger when i was a kid most of those games you know were never weren't on a lot so um i did watch a lot of 49er losses growing up (laughs) hey so did i (laughs) yeah yeah so we share that in common hopefully hopefully um there will be a repeat of the of the success they had when i when i was a little older and so when you're a little older maybe you'll get some of that success too I'm I'm trying to keep my expectations realistic because I think the uh, the 80s were a little bit too kind to the the 49ers the 80s and even the early 90s but I I would very much appreciate that um, with uh, that's a good segue for my next question which was going to be if you were going to bring back any 49er from those teams the the Steve Young Montana teams who would the 49er be that you would also. I'll let you answer that, and then I have a follow-up question to that too. Well, I would say Steve Young. Okay, um, sorry. If you can't bring, you can't bring a quarterback back. Okay, how about Jerry Rice? <laughs> <laughs> That's too easy of a question. That's too easy. Yeah. So you can't bring back either quarterback or the best NFL player of all time. This is a terrible question. Who wrote these questions? Um, who's your net? The fourth, the fourth 49er that you'd bring back, the, the defensive player who's the defensive yeah, player I was gonna you'd bring say, back, um, or tight um, end, tight so, end. <laughs> well, um, Clark was a pretty good tight end. Um, I would say maybe Ronnie Lott, you know, I think he was one of the ones that really established the the um, the, the 49ers as a dominant team. I, you know, you had asked me last week, Scott, about what my you know what the difference between these 49ers versus the past was and i think the secondary was just outstanding i mean they had four all pro players in the secondary so maybe ronnie lott he was um he helped the defense be a dominant defense so yeah even cut off his pinky or whatever what what did he do i think he had to get like a surgery or something like that and he decided to like cut off part of his pinky so he could keep playing Anybody yeah, I don't remember that. So that my, my old age is catching up to me on that one because <laughs> you, you remember he's good enough. So I I yeah. I would it would definitely be an upgrade to have a Hall of Famer in over um Logan Ryan, who I think missed like 25 tackles versus the Packers. So 
Yeah, it was nice when they had you. You could count on the secondary to actually cover people, and they were they were really really good and had a lot of interceptions and a lot of. I mean, when I think all four were in the Pro Bowl the same year too. I mean, it was it was a dominating secondary, so that helped. Okay, good to know. Um, Hag, what Hag, what's on what's on your radar? Um, Vernon Davis, coach, what do you think about Vernon Davis? Do you think he would succeed in this NFL that we're in right now? Uh, yeah, he would be awesome too. I, I, I had forgot about him, but yes, he was, um, he was pretty spectacular. He was, he was one of the first of those kind of tight ends, right? That, that uh, now, attack. now it's a lot of tight ends in the, in the NFL. And he was one of the first that got utilized a lot. It, if I remember correctly, but yeah, he, he was uh, dominant. So. Okay, good. I, I have another question. What do you think about Dre Greenlaw's interception? The the last <laughs> interception last week, what were, what was running through your mind at that point? It, it was a spectacular catch, obviously. <laughs> and it was, I mean, we were jumping up and down and we're all, we were all yelling, get down. Now, some of us <laughs> were yelling. It, it was a little more colorful in that, uh, yeah. uh not just get, get down. <laughs> There were other words, maybe thrown. In there there. Were other words being thrown out there, but yeah, yeah, it was like panic. You know, it was like pure jubilance, and then yeah, pure panic is what it turned. It's like, what are you doing, man? Just get. The- <laughs> I think Dre Greenlaw ran more yards on both interceptions. I think he ran more yards, um, the width of the field than the actual length of the field, like three. Well, he may have he, counting his yard of the yards that he ran. It could have been the leading ball carrier if you were if it was. <laughs> uh, I mean, next gen, next gen stats. He had the most yak of any of any player. <laughs> I mean, he was he was all over the field, right? I mean, they, um, they should. He find had the most to... broken tackles, right? <laughs> yeah, true. They they uh, ought to find a way to get him a screen pass. This of week. course, they weren't trying to tackle him. They were just trying to knock the ball out. So, I mean, true. yeah, true. anyway. Did you see that that Fred Warner said that or he, his excuse was that he was he Fred told him to get a pick six. And so that he was what he was trying to do. Yeah. 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 I don't think that justifies it. Dre. No, it's not no. The game over. Yeah. Um. So that's that's a great answer. I we obviously I'm right there with you. Um. OK, so. I think we covered how this this 49ers team compares to past 49ers teams. Any- I, I will also add, I will also add that one of the successes was um they were the first to start the West Coast offense, right? And so it was it was much more difficult to defend because no one was no one was seeing it. Now everyone has some kind of almost everyone has some kind of variation of that. So it's not so unique. And so that was that, that caught a lot of teams, I think, off guard with playing against it. So that's I think that's a lot of their six, reason for their success, plus having some Hall of Famers. But yeah. Yeah, so. no, that's that's true. You're right. They were running a style that no one had seen. Is, is there any any areas of the team that you think like if if the this version of the 49ers played those great versions of the the 49ers in the past are there any that you think this version would have the advantage in then either like the run game like i know they had great um i know they had great Roger Craig was a great running back and stuff but he's not talked about as much as McCaffrey is right no McCaffrey obviously is because of his versatility and doing so much yeah Roger Craig caught a lot of passes too but um, they do so much with McCaffrey that makes it um, 
so dynamic. And, and you know, same with same with Debo. Uh, Debo, they can do all sorts of different things, which makes them really hard to defend because they're throwing all these look different looks at. They don't know what you know. There's a lot of different things happening, and so um, yeah. uh, not that he would be better than Rice, but no. but him him versatile, being able to run, being able to do all sorts of different things. Um, uh, Kittle probably. I mean, yeah. Hagen brought up Vernon Davis, but that that was later on. That was that was after they weren't they weren't necessarily winning Super Bowls during his time. So yeah. if you go all the way back, um, you know, um, Brent 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 Clark, right? Dwight Clark. Dwight. <laughs> Clearly you. wasn't that good. Clearly Thank wasn't you. Good. Dwight Clark wasn't. I don't think as good as say Kittle. Yeah. Um, I think the defensive line should be or could be more dominating. I mean, with, they make with about they make about seventy five times the the old 49ers. Exactly, and they they need to step up and be a little more earn their earn their keep, man. So, but yeah, the defensive line uh, I think would be more dominating than the old the old days too. Yeah, that's probably your biggest concern for this 49er team, right? Is the the defensive line right now? Or is it still the secondary? Well, the secondary the, is, is is built around they they don't they're not great, but the defensive line is supposed to get to the quarterback, so they can't um they, so the guys can guard for two two or three seconds. But yep. when they get when they have five seconds back, they're they're toast, right? So <laughs> toast so, or, yeah. so yes, the defensive line needs to start getting um uh a lot more pressure and you you yeah. said you told me that stat last game um it said look <laughs> at all those pressures they have and i'm like i don't remember one pressure <laughs> so i don't know how they count pressures yeah. but they but I but it should right. be it, it should be that they're within a couple yards of the quarterback not <laughs> <laughs> well he he was nick bosa was saying a lot of mean things to jordan love so that counts as a pressure from across uh, okay i get it i, get I think it. bosa had six q QB hits, but I, and he was the only one I think that had even a QB hit. Yeah. So. They count all six on the, like the last play. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I, never, I, I think know. maybe, but man, there, there just didn't seem like any pressure on them all. And if they give, if, if they, if they, if Goff gets that much time, he's just going to pick them apart. Right. Yeah. I, that's, that's definitely uh, one of my main concerns um, for this game overall. So, um, what else was I going to ask, Hagan? What else do we have that we need to talk about? I kind of want to talk about BYU basketball a little bit. I want to start it off. You can ask any questions you've got, Scott, but all three of us have been down on the floor, Coach Gill, at the BYU basketball court, putting up some shots. Some of us have made more than others on that court. Uh, <laughs> you know, some of us have blocked more shots on that court than others. I don't want to say from my poor shooting or not, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what's your best memory of BYU basketball and maybe what's like your best story from you being at BYU and either like playing with some people on the team or like your best memory of BYU basketball when you were at school? So so my freshman year, I, I, I stayed I lived next door to a guy named Greg Kite 
and Mike Maxwell, who were you know, great kite, went on to play in the NBA for forever. But those guys, um, and I didn't even know who Mike Maxwell was, but he he invited me. He goes, well, let's go down and pick, play some pickup basketball. And so we went down to this field house and um, started, you know, kind of shooting around. And I'm looking around and I'm like, these guys are really good and really big. What am I doing out here? And then I find out that this is all, these are all players on the team, you know, and stuff. So I played a couple of pickup games, but um and hung 40 on them <laughs> exactly <laughs> and they asked, throws, right? yeah. they, they asked me to walk on there the, right there but um <laughs> i declined the offer so <laughs> i'll tell you my 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 most memorable probably well we've had a few we've had a few with you guys right you know going to some gonzaga games going to some tournaments things like that but one of my one of my uh all-time first experiences with BYU basketball was um on my mission okay and this is bad but but oh, BYU great. was in was in the um sweet 16 and um for some somehow I was able to pick up the game on like on the armed force you know in Columbia the armed force radio network or whatever and so I, I just got to listen to <laughs> It was in the middle of the night or something. I mean, it was it was late, but I got to listen to the the game and the ending there. You know, with with Ainge going all the way down the court and and, and oh the, making... the wait you listened to the the famous like the yeah sweet sixteen game yeah the the sweet sixteen game that put him in the elite eight and stuff. Yeah. And so that was uh, that I, I, I probably shouldn't share that experience at least <laughs> not with my mission president or anything, but. <laughs> Was, I'm sure that was one of my right now. <laughs> uh, actually, my mission president no, no longer is alive, so that's okay yeah, now. So I'm, okay, I'm okay telling I, that story at this. You're point in the clear. Yeah, yeah I am in the clear. Your yeah. mission story of watching BYU is wildly different than mine, where I made it to a B Dubs on a Saturday and <laughs> caught a BYU football game that that Mitch told me to go see. And they were down twenty eight to zero before uh, <laughs> before we could even watch like five minutes of it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, mine was much much happier. So yeah, yours was. Um, it, it, interesting enough, um, the the forty ers I think won the Super Bowl that when I was on my mission yeah. one, one of those years too. That one I didn't even know. I got to I had to listen to it on a tape. My parents sent me had taped the game on you know on on a cassette tape. <laughs> And so I listened to that while I was out <laughs> wandering awesome. around one day, you know, and, um, and, and I had, I, I had asked, I had asked one of my, one of the, the members in the ward or whatever, if they saw the Super Bowl and who won and they're yeah. like, Oh, that Bengal team or whatever. And, and so, oh, and so I thought they what? had lost and I was listening to the Super Bowl thinking they had lost. And then, and like, that's messed like, up. <laughs> So he messed up with that member. You're trying to yeah. break your heart. They he didn't understand probably. He didn't understand the scoring <laughs> system obviously or or what. <laughs> you got to go lower. It's like golf. The lower yeah. score wins. Well, if it uh, wasn't a zero zero game, then yeah, that's not good for them. <laughs> there were no penalty kicks at the end, so they couldn't tell who won the game. Right. <laughs> that's very true. Very true. I'm shocked. My, I think my my best BYU basketball related memory is is probably it's between um, the 
the year where San Diego State and Kawhi Leonard came to the Marriott Center with Jimmer. Yeah, that was that was awesome, um, obviously. Yeah. And that was like number four versus number nine, or the Mountain West Conference tournament, um, where Jimmer Jimmer put up. Yeah, fifty-two versus New Mexico. Those are probably my top. We we had we had some good ones. Um, those there there was a Gonzaga win in there that was pretty awesome. You know that was yes. When I think when Gonzaga may have been one number one or close or whatever. I think that was that was I was gone, but Hagen, you were probably there for that. I think I was there. I think it was Gonzaga number one came to Provo and it was an upset and, game. And we had and we had and we had Hagen coming with us. Were you with us? You only bring me out for the like top five teams, coach. You Hagen, need, whenever you a, BYU you, needs a win, you have an invite. You have an invite. Oh, you want to come s- Saturday? We need you. Oh, <laughs> I'm out of town, coach. Or else I'd be there. <laughs> you, you have an invitation to come to all of them if you want. Yeah. I mean, your your twin is one of the stars out there, man. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. You're talking about Ali uh, Khalifa, right? Yeah, that's your twin. No, Saunders. Yeah, you, wear, you need to you need you need to wear your headband in the next game, though. Hey, I can do that. I can do that for you, Coach. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Um. All right. Well, Dad, we need a final final prediction for the the Niners game this weekend. What what your thoughts are? What your feelings are? How the game script is going to go? Okay. So, can you tell me whether or not Debo is going to play? He was at practice as a limited participant, so I am under operating under the assumption that he will. That there, he might not be full strength, but he's going to play. Okay, if he's going to play, I am. Uh, I would go forty. Do I have to do it against spread and all that kind of stuff like you guys no, do? I, no, okay, I, I would. I, I'll. Um, I'll say that their offense will be good enough. Um, to to win with with right. Debo in there. What's the you total score? score? You have a score for us. Let's try not to jinx it. He's got he's got my mom in the background saying, "Don't jinx it." Three to um, zero. Three to zero. <laughs> so 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 mom had mom had some input that I didn't I didn't know. She's she's oh. like, "Well, Goff does not play well in non dome." Yeah. Fields, is that correct? See, Absolutely mom right. was pulling out all these kind of states. Like I said, you, she should have been on for it, but on for this. Um, so, so that's a plus. Plus, it's at home, and it's not going to be raining. And um, so, uh, I think Purdy will have a much cleaner game than last game. Last game, he really struggled, but I think that was weather related. And um, I think there's. I think. I think. I remember correctly, the Lions secondary is a little bit vulnerable. Yeah. Um, not, not the strength of their team by any means. Right. Not the strength. Block, if they can if they can Aiden Hutchinson. If they can keep Hutchinson out off of Purdy, then there's they'll have a lot uh, a lot better chance of success. I w- I'm gonna say um 35-24 Niners. I like it. Almost the over 100 game. Uh, no, it won't be though. <laughs> you should change that Hagen to something like over fifty games. <laughs> over hundred. Nobody forgets. I think I've seen like one one over one hundred game in my entire life. It was and... the Rams Chiefs that Monday Night Football game. Yeah. Hagen's just trying to replicate that. He wants that so badly to happen, right? But oh yeah, 
Okay. Don't um, worry, Patriots Panthers this next year. I'm sure we'll get that 100 <laughs> over 100 game. They might score 100 in the season as a total. <laughs> They're lucky. Um, what we had, we have to, we we were on the topic of BYU basketball too. So I want to hear final prediction of BYU basketball's seed in the NCAA tournament. Because I was looking, I was looking at some bracketology today, and it totally, I totally spaced the fact that Salt Lake is is holding games this year. Um, and if BYU, like, if they get, can somehow get like a five seed or even like a seven seed, they could totally have a chance to make a sweet 16 with a, with a home stronger home crowd. Yeah. I think, I think getting any higher than a seven seed is probably wishful thinking. I, I would like to see that. Um, yeah. A seven seed would be, would probably be pretty awesome. Is that the seed. ideal? Uh, well, I think a six seed may be even better, right? Because you miss the one and twos in the in the. That's, that's a guy who knows college basketball, right there. Way so, but I but I'm hoping it will be. I'm hoping it will still be a single digit seed. Um, but they're going to have to start winning some games, and yeah. so I mean we'll see over the next couple games. Um, this is this is the time that they that they really need to be, beat some of these teams because I think some of these teams, all of them are tough, but I think some of them are a little less tough. <laughs> and so they they need to win over the next six or seven games. They need to win the majority of those, and then and then they they might be in okay shape. But if they um, don't win a bunch of these like Saturday, then yep, then then we're talking. <laughs> they may not even make the tournament. And so it starts with Texas on Saturday. So, yeah. Yeah. If they win there, then things will look good. If they lose that, um, it starts to get a little dicey, I think. So, okay. Well, Hagen, you got any, you got any more before we let coach hit the road? Um, yeah, coach. One last question. The unofficial crumble question of the week here. Uh, Last best memory I want to ask you about, but the best memory of coaching our church ball team. <laughs> was no it way. Scott throwing the phone? Was that the best memory? No, that was good. The, 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 one of them, Hagen, was just trying to convince you that you didn't have to foul out of every game. <laughs> because we, we only had five, four. we only had five people and we needed you to. Some weeks we only had four. I know. <laughs> That we needed that we needed you to kind of uh, take it easy a little bit. Uh-huh. Our fifth player was getting speeding tickets on the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our fifth player didn't even know. Um, didn't even know what sport we were playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's very true. But our four, we were, you know, you know what? That church ball team was a lot like this Kansas basketball team, man. Just we had the big four, and then whoever showed up for it to be the fifth. It was yeah. a welcome. <laughs> And we were just getting people to come, come right. We were just saying we were calling around, and saying anybody, just just yeah. come stand on the court, man. Need body. <laughs> just need a player to wear a jersey. Because yeah. <laughs> because we weren't sure if Hagen was going to foul out or not, and then when we're down to three, <laughs> very true. Oh man, oh. that was a good question. That was a good question to wrap us up. Well, Dad, shout out to uh, Mom as well for her. Do I get a preview of what your um your predictions are for the game? Yeah, Hagen, you want to go first? Yeah, um, I think this is the end of the Detroit Lions 
spectacular run, and they are going to lose probably by two touchdowns. Did you say 35-21, Coach, or 35-24? So I okay, think it I'm, might be a little, yeah. I'm going 35-21. Wow. Okay. Well, I had to play a press conference of Kittle before uh, before I gave my prediction, but I, I'm i going to go with, I think if the, the Lions are going to win, it needs to be a shootout. I think they need to score at least 35 points. The Lions are going to win. I think it'll be a, le- a little less high scoring than people think. It's 51 and a half is the total. I'm going to go the 49ers offense. They, they don't get it done as often in the, the red zone as they usually do. Uh, I think that's 27, 21. The lions cover the spoon. Closer one, huh? Yeah. I'm not going to like that. Adrian's and mom's not going to like that either. When we're on the plane trying to f- keep track of this and follow it. And if it gets too stressful, that could be, that plane that might be, be coming down. That that that, that could be rough. So <laughs> you're gonna have to your parachute. Yeah, parachute. You're gonna have to keep us updated, Scott, with what's happening. So I will. I'm sure I'll be very calm and collected. That that whole flight. <laughs> uh, yeah, in in between uh, throwing their phone and uh, you know, Hagen <laughs> Hagen, he actually had to take his phone and put it away this last game because he didn't want to break <laughs> it. I think or something. <laughs> Uh, you always give the best stories. I love your stories. <laughs> that's somewhat that's somewhat true. Um, but yeah, we're just glad that the 49ers they bailed our our last Saturday out because it could have been back to back to back L's for the Gill household. Uh, yeah, that that was um I'm not sure. You know, I'm glad there's not many times when I thought the 49ers sh- should have lost. Lost or weren't the better team or whatever. They were not the best, and M one. I mean, they weren't better team against the Ravens either. But um, they weren't they weren't the better team on that that day, and M one, which doesn't happen very often. I always feel like they're they're the better team, and they end up losing or something. But anyway, it was it was a it was a um, pretty crazy game. Hey, you guys, um, you're awesome. I the, the, your podcast is the is the best, and uh, we. It, um, <laughs> Uh, Adrian and I look forward to it every week. So thank you for taking the time. I know you've got a lot of things going on in your life, but it, it is, it is, uh, it is awesome to listen to. It's, it's like, it's like back to the old days when you guys would just sit and chat and, and downstairs and you're talking all sorts of sports stuff. It's just, <laughs> it's just awesome to, re, to kind of relive those memories of uh, you guys just shooting the breeze about sports. And it's, and so thanks for, for doing it. And uh, um if you need more funding to keep it going, let me know. Cause <laughs> <laughs> no, we need, we definitely need a booster for the podcast for sure. Um, that's why we brought you on was actually just to hear that comment. Okay. Yeah, n- so, no, actually we're going to make our pitch right now to try to yeah. pitch, pitch ourselves <laughs> here. I, yeah. You won't Coach let me our- off. You won't let me off until I give you some money. How much do you need? <laughs> Coach, our only request is that we do a podcast from the golf simulator. That's my think, only request, I guess. I think that's what I think that's what I was gonna say. If the 49ers lose this week, I think the only way to cheer me up is is us doing a podcast of the Lions playing whoever in the Super Bowl and at least getting to uh hit hit my sorrows away in the simulator. So you guys you guys know that you're welcome anytime to come do that. So it'll be awesome to have you. So all right. All well, right. thanks, coach. You're the best.
Yep. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You too. For very much. We'll talk to you soon. Yep. See you coach. Yep. See you coach. Yep. All right. Well, let's chat with that, with all that wrapped up. What an interview, honestly. I don't know how we're going to be able to do it. I We might need to just end the show there. We might even, even talk about the Ravens Chiefs. That was awesome. Uh, Coach is the best. His stories. I love his stories. And just the way he tells everything gets me so happy. And oh, yep. Coach is the best. Always the coach best. Is the best. Um, go, go ahead. ahead. No, it's on you. I really hope he, we do. Well, I don't hope for your sake that <laughs> we we get to go to the simulator for the Super Bowl, but I hope we get to go to the simulator and do a podcast with Coach or Adrian. That would be way fun. That would be well, when electric. The, when the 49ers do win, then we can do a, a simulator night too to, to celebrate that. How about, how about that? Okay, double celebration. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, let, let's talk real quick about these games. We don't have to go over them super in depth uh because we kind of got to talk a lot about the the Niners and Lions with coach they they are the later game but the early more the early morning game the one o'clock game is the Chiefs versus the Ravens um my only intel I have on this scooter is oh my goodness I don't know what the Chiefs are gonna do if they if Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a huge game uh, Isaiah Pacheco is apparently a little sick um the Ravens defense has looked really good all year and if the chiefs really can't get it going early i feel like it's it could get bad really quick so i'm going with the ravens uh and i i i really think the ravens have it in them this year so you're a a believer then in that uh that meme that's going around where the super bowl logos or the super bowl logo has has written script where it's been a purple and red super bowl logo all along you know, I I said in our when we made our Super Bowl predictions mid year, I said, um, I took the 49ers one one, then you took the Chiefs and Eagles, yes, and then and I took the Ravens, right? I took the Ravens. So ever since then, I've kind of been like, okay, like I'm okay if it's the Ravens 49ers. It would kind of scare me, but they did come out with an alternative logo. Did you see that? I didn't. They came out with a second logo this year, and it was the Cowboys and Chiefs colors, I think. Oh, okay. Well, we might have to see that game played, too, if the Chiefs don't uh, make it. Just Yeah, just, that's the toilet uh, bowl game? Yeah, just for semantics sake, just to see how Dak Prescott plays in a Super Bowl. So, I, I don't know. I'm a big believer in maybe not the logo conspiracy, but that the two best teams should probably be in the championship game that's that's kind of my rebuttal is like oh maybe maybe it's not just all a conspiracy and maybe those just are the best teams in the nfl like they've been the one seed for a reason um the ravens i i'm trying to imagine all of the possibilities where the ravens don't um make it to the super bowl and it's really hard to like even come up with scenarios where they wouldn't but if there was any person who would be responsible it's Patrick Mahomes it's it's him creating oh there's there's that alternate logo that just looks like the Rams logos to me yeah it kind of does just look the like Rams, the Rams logo Rams colors um, I don't know is is that the oh this is the alternate logo so they came out with that like original logo that's purple and red wherever it's yeah. at right here yeah right there and, and then they came out with this alternate logo. 
Okay. Which sucks. I think the alternate logo is way worse. Yeah, it's that's neither logo is really that great, but um, I Patrick Mahomes is is the key to like if he can have a superhuman type like legacy um, style game like he's completely capable of having. That I think the people I think people are severely underrating the Chiefs defense as well in this game, um, and I still like I still am gonna wait to see it with Lamar. I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL. I think there's really not many questions about that, but I think if any team has the capability to do this, it's the Chiefs. So I'm taking the Chiefs. Okay. I I I think I mean it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, right? Basically the best player in this generation. Is that safe to say? Uh, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. The, the only rebuttal I have to say about the defensive thing, I, I do think Clark Frank Clark played so good this last week. And like when they needed him, he stepped up. The only thing I have concern about is the Ravens have one of the most lethal running. Chris Jones, right? Did, did I say Frank Clark? I was like, did the Chiefs have Frank Clark? I had to go look at the depth chart really quick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Nope, I have to. I I get those two mixed up all the time. I don't know why. It's just the way I do it. Um, Chris Jones is who I was talking about. Uh, so the the problem with the Ravens versus the Chiefs defense, Spagnolo likes to blitz. Um, and Lamar is one of the best running quarterbacks. But yes. the blitz really only works if you have the the staff or the personnel that can get to the quarterback and. Yeah. At the last that I heard is Willie Gay, who I think will be the most crucial part of this defense for this game. Willie Gay was still questionable for the game. Okay. And so that's that's my biggest rebuttal is if Willie Gay doesn't play, you're going to have a hard time if you don't blitz a lot because Lamar Jackson, who's going to spy him at that point? Willie Gay is their fastest linebacker. So who are you going to set as a spy, a corner? And you think a corner is going to stop Lamar Jackson in open space? Probably not. And Mark Andrews could be coming back. So who is going to guard Mark Andrews at that point if Willie Gay's out? Willie Gay, I think, is the like him playing is is super crucial into what this defense will do in this game. I kind of have some Ewing theory takes about Mark Andrews where I almost feel like Lamar becomes more of a one-dimensional guy when Mark Andrews is out there and he's been so much better of a passer with Andrews out. That's at least what Ooh. I've noticed. Um, I know he got hurt. Was it in the, that the Lions game that he got hurt where they just totally annihilated the Lions? It was, it was the week before. Yeah, I can't remember. Like the Steelers or Bengals game, maybe. Oh, yes, it was the Bengals game because Logan Wilson was the one who hurt him. But um, I think Lamar like is so much better at spreading the ball around. And I think Mark Andrews had become kind of his security blank. This might all just sound ridiculously dumb when Lamar just throws like six touchdown passes this week to every single player. But I, I feel like with Lamar over the past few years, I've just watched him. He's in he's a lot better as a passer this year, but he just kind of locked in on Andrews a lot of times and they couldn't, when they couldn't connect, that was like the, um, kind of like the thorn in the Ravens side passing wise. Yeah. It is I it is, oh go ahead. 
No, I, I do see where you're coming from. And the Ewing theory could be real because it feels like Stefan Diggs last week was trying to like the Bills were trying to force it sometimes too many times to Stefan Diggs. And the same thing could be said about Mark Andrews. Yeah. And, and it's just to to put a bow on it with the Ravens. It is truly remarkable how good their offense still is with the running back crew that they have. Like it makes no like I thought like when Keaton Mitchell went down, it was like, OK, they're true. Like that's going to be a really tough hurdle to overcome. Nope. Like they they literally just plugged Dalvin Cook into their running game. The, the, he's, a, he's a fossil and he like got like 10 yards on a carry. So it's like they're just they're really they're a juggernaut and they um they they should be I, I'm shocked they're only four point favorites in this game. That's I, that's the Patrick Mahomes uh, effect, I guess. One hundred percent. There's another crucial injury I just saw. I looked at the Chiefs um injury list. Willie Gay is still listed as questionable. Joe okay. Tooney, oh. the right guard, is doubtful. That's, I think, a huge piece of their line that. Yeah, for the Chiefs. Yeah, for the Chiefs. Super interesting. The injuries will really play a huge part in this game. Yeah, the Ravens don't really have a good pass rush or or blitz or anything or uh, anybody (laughs) important on defense. So they'll probably be fine. (laughs) Also, we've never seen Patrick Mahomes struggle mightily because his offensive line was compromised in a playoff game. We've never seen that before. I do have one, one pro about the injury list for you. Okay. Um, Kadarius Tony is questionable with a hip, so he might not play, which is probably better for the Chiefs. There you go. Their offense looked a lot better this past week when he wasn't in there. So even with Mikel Hardman trying to sabotage them. So no. Okay. So you're going Chiefs. I'm going Ravens. Yeah. You want to here's my question, because we we kind of covered the Lions and and 49ers a little bit. Yes. And we already know your pick. You're wanting to see a rematch of the 49ers versus the Chiefs? I'm at, mark? I, I'm not. I am. It's not like I'm looking forward to here. Here's the, the take about it is I would be much more terrified from like a team perspective of having to play the Ravens, obviously with what happened to the, on Christmas Day already. But losing to the Chiefs again for the as a 49ers fan would be um so detrimental to my psyche i don't i don't really even know how to put it into words so and it's dumb because like i'm talking as a fan who gets to watch a team play in the super bowl i should be be happy but the fact that it'd be kansas city again would be it would be hard to swallow um so i I also like the idea of the 49ers have already seen lamar jackson this year they couldn't possibly play worse than they played in that ravens game the first time brock purdy's not gonna have a game like he did that first time. So I would personally rather see the Ravens. Okay. Okay. For selfish for, well, That's, selfishly, like your mental stability. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. Nothing selfish about that. My nothing, yeah. If if the so if the Ravens could just make it work for my own sake, that would be great. Okay. I'll because, I'll get a I'll get a phone call in to yeah, the to NFL. John, to John Harbaugh. Yeah. Well, well no, to Goodell. <laughs> the call's already been made. The logo's already set anyway. So yeah, we're golden. We're golden. Um the conspiracy about the logo. Who wins? The team that's on top or a team that's on bottom? I can't remember. Isn't that part of the conspiracy theory? I don't know. I'm not actually sure about that. I haven't looked into that part. I think it's just uh up to whichever fan base pays more money. 
to the NFL. So I'm looking at it here. The last, well, the last two is really the ones that we've seen. So it was the Bengals colors were on top and the Rams ones were on bottom. We know how that ended. And the Eagles colors were on top and the Chiefs colors on bottom. So we know how that went in. Oh no, Scooter. Yeah, and in this logo, I can tell you who is on top. Oh no, that's not good. But bad news. Um, have you also seen the conspiracy theory before we go about the 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 referee for this week? Yeah, the referee that that the NFL called in to stop the Ravens from winning. <laughs> yes. What I can't remember what the guy's name is, but apparently, like, just wildly. Um, disfavors the the home team in games so be interesting the 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 fix is in for the swifties i speaking of swift i've heard this conspiracy not me i'm not the one saying it um travis kelsey if they make it to the super bowl and win is probably going to propose and retire that's just what i've heard wow just from the grapevine that's quite the scoop we're not starting that on the stage um as he's holding up the lombardi trophy he's gonna call he just her over the lombardi trophy. <laughs> yeah he would and, and jason's gonna be there shirtless oh my so God. i've had enough of shirtless jason kelsey i think i'm the only person on the internet who was sick of that by the end of this week but well we don't need to focus on them scooter before we go i want to give you if you want Two minutes to say anything you want about that 49ers Lions game. I've gotten a chance to say enough. The 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 thing that's going to come down to is can can the 49ers can they heat up Jared Goff? Because when they've done it in the past, when he played for the Rams, it was a struggle for Jared Goff, and he looked very terrified. So it's it's really at the end of the end of the day, it's going to come down. They're not going to be able to guard him on Ross St. Brown. They might have a better day guarding Sam Laporta, but they can't guard Amon Ross St. Brown whatsoever. Um, and so it's can they get pressure to him in time? I'm not worried about the offense. The offense will score points. It's just we'll see if they can get the job done defensively. Jamison Williams, he's the one I'm predicting has a big game if any wide receiver goes off. Uh, but it will be like three catches for like, 120 yards it'll be that Randy line it's gonna be yeah and ambry thomas will commit some egregious pass interference penalty probably um yeah that's that's really all i can think of that it comes down to is is will jared goff um turn into jared goof for me Ooh. Ooh, i love that well good we got it all secured we had one of the best pods yet with Coach Gill coming on. That was awesome. Such a fun one. Uh, Scooter, before we go, do you have any shout outs this week? I wrote my shout out down this time, so I don't forget. But I'm just shouting out. We haven't talked about it, but NBA released their all-star uh, rosters today. We don't really talk about the NBA much this this uh, on this podcast. But I saw a story last night that just really irked me, and I had to talk about it somewhere. Luka Doncic, they played the Suns last night, and apparently a Suns fan was heckling him and told him um, to get on a treadmill, which is, it, by all means, a, a great chirp. Um, I think it's totally warranted. Like, 
and Luca apparently had the guy thrown out. And I just like how 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 does a league let its players become so ridiculously soft? Like it the the problem the the problem that the league has in terms of like their players being so I don't know like above everything else like they, they there's no there's no league that puts themselves on a pedestal more than than the NBA and just say like if Kobe if Kobe Bryant were around still it he would truly be just, he's turning in his grave right now with the the type of like personalities that run the NBA it's crazy Uh, yeah, I think we see a totally different NBA now than like the early 2000s, the Jordan days. Uh, obviously, Yes. we weren't alive before the Jordan days, but definitely different from then, too. It, it is interesting to see players' reactions to fans nowadays. So good shout out. I, I think that's an ultimate chirp for the guy to say, get on a treadmill and then Luca gets him sent out. I that was like I it was one of those where I was like I wish I had said that before to like one of the St. Mary's guys. Like why that that I I was very jealous. It wasn't it can't be an original chirp of mine, but I like you can laugh at that dude. You're not even that overweight. Yeah, I I mean, Luca's probably got a body like me, but like, he's an NBA athlete, so I guess. Yes, and he's the best. He's he's arguably a top three player in the NBA. Like you Yeah. can't handle that kind of chirp, and I had I had a lot of respect for Luca too, but that was a quick way to flush it down the toilet. Interesting. I like the shout out, though. I love the shout out. I, Yeah, the I'll give my shout out real quick. Um, Nick Dumlap. Does that name ring a bell to you? does it does this is Hey, a much more positive shout out. well, yeah. After my last one, uh, Nick Dunlap. oh even than mine but yes Oh, yours <laughs> too uh, Nick Dunlap, a sophomore from the University of Alabama, ended up winning the Americs. He's a sophomore. Um, ended up winning the American Express, uh, four event for the PGA, and he is technically an amateur. The purse. In this was 1.2 million. He did not get to take any of that home um, because he is an amateur and doesn't get paid until he does go pro. So shout out to him. Hopefully some NIL deal kicks in or something because that's a joke if you don't make that 1.2 million. Those those Alabama donors, they'll they'll uh they'll shell out that money that was going to Nick Saban and get it right over to Dunlap. Don't you worry about it. He also turned pro, I thought, right? Um, I think the he last thing turned pro. he has, so I don't know if he's turned pro yet. I haven't read up on this since last week, but, um, he has 30 days to declare if he wants to go pro. Um, if he goes pro, he, he can play in the masters, the players and the open or the U S open, but not the open. Okay. Yeah. He turned pro today. Oh, wow. Yep. Wild. We're living I in mean, it. I don't know why he wouldn't, right? I mean, he outdueled. It was Spieth. I wasn't watching the event because it was going on during the NFL games, but I know he outdueled Spieth and Sam Burns. Like, no, it wasn't like there was just like Brian Harmon out there playing. Don't you <laughs> do that to me. it wasn't like there was like um, just a bunch of no names out there he was playing Yeah. against. 
and good for him. He can yes, now go and make money. He probably didn't care about a college education either. He was probably just golfing and going to school to get into college education. So Alabama is a well-respected uh, educational establishment here. Come on. Yeah, 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 sure. Okay. Well, good. I hope you know there's about a 70% literacy rate at that college. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> That's probably 100%, but still. Oh, well, good. That wraps up a great episode, Scooter. It was a fun one. Thank you guys for joining. We'll catch you next time on the Dual Threat Podcast. See ya.